really the benefit that comes through study with your spouse is that you have the opportunity to share your soul with one Mm -hmm. another. Welcome to Working with the Word, a currently bi-weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Jeff O'Rear. And I'm Emerson Brown. Thank you for tuning into the 58th episode of Working with the Word today. We're continuing our final four series for this year and looking at Bible study in different relationships. Today, we'll release this episode with Matt and Jen Schmidt from Intimate Covenant as we talk about Bible study with our spouse. I hope that you'll enjoy this interview and look to learn a lot from them in our conversation we have today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff O'Rear with Working with the Word, along with my co-host Emerson. We're glad today to have another interview, part of our final four series of Bible study in different relationships. Today, we have Matt and Jen Schmidt with us. Matt and Jen live north of Houston, Texas, have been married for 24 years, and have four children. Together, they host the Intimate Covenant podcast, as well as offering other services for married couples, such as coaching, counseling, an annual marriage retreat, and other various marriage seminars. Throughout the work that they do with Intimate Covenant, They look to provide biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. You can find out more about Intimate Covenant by visiting their website, intimatecovenant.com. As I mentioned today, we're talking with Matt and Jen about the idea of Bible studying different relationships, particularly we'll be discussing with them Bible study with our spouse and what that looks like. Matt and Jen, thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. That's right. We appreciate you all being here and for uh, sharing this time with us and getting to talk about this subject. We think this will be a really beneficial episode for all of us, especially those who are married, but we, we can all get some understanding about how you know, Bible study can help with as we engage with other people. We were talking just a second ago. We can pick whichever direction you want to go. We can start with <laughs> uh, the subject of spiritual intimacy, which I know is a subject you all have talked about on your program before. And Sure. I think there definitely plays a part with, with related Bible study. We'd love at some point for you guys to maybe talk about what this looks like for y'all, and maybe we can find some encouragement from that, and that could be edifying for us in some way. So however you guys want to start today, we'll let it be your pick. Sure. Well, sure. I, I, I don't know if the way that we do Bible study is necessarily the best way. Um, <laughs> and, and to that point, I mean, we've, we've kind of bounced around with a number of different means to try and study the Bible together and, and to try to connect spiritually in that way. But maybe we can start by just sort of explaining what our method has been, and maybe that can be helpful to everybody. But I think as you suggest, you know, how we do Bible study is really not necessarily, the, the technique is much less important, I think, than what your goal is. And and so mm-hmm. I think everybody's going to have to wrestle with what what's best, what method is best going to suit the ultimate purpose, which I think is mm-hmm. building our spiritual intimacy with one another as, mm-hmm. as a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. I think, and Jen, you can maybe speak to this because I think you're the one that really summarized this for us maybe <laughs> just in the last few years, but it really, and in some ways is simpler than we think, but it's also much more difficult than we think. Right. I think, um, you know, I think it's simpler than we think when it comes to studying the Bible, with our spouse and that it, 
it doesn't actually require a complicated or formal plan. So many times we're asked, you know, what devotion do y'all do you all use? And and I totally understand the heart of that question yeah. um, because I think that's very much where we started out as a young married couple, thinking that we had to follow this perfect plan. We had to find the perfect plan and right. then follow it perfectly in order to achieve. Bible study with one another. Um, mm-hmm. But reality is, I think it's a lot simpler than that. But I also think the flip of that is that it is harder than we think. Yes. Because yeah. I think ultimately, when it comes to studying the Bible with your spouse, it requires so much more than just a surface level discussion. In other mm-hmm. words, I think really the benefit that comes through study with your spouse is that you have the opportunity as, as a husband and wife to share your soul with one Mm -hmm. another, to share your feelings and your struggles and your weaknesses. We don't think about that as quote unquote Bible study, but you know, like Matt said a minute ago, that's really what spiritual intimacy is all about, you know? And so when we're sharing God with our spouse, and we are, you know, thriving and enjoying that aspect of our relationship. It's so much more than just checking off the list that we read the required scriptures for the day, or we filled in mm-hmm. the blanks of a workbook, you know, right. it's gotta be right. deeper than that. I know. And I know you guys have been talking about Bible study in relationships. And I think, again, the point is not just that we have spent time reading the word or even having necessary discussion about the word. The point is that the Bible study is part of a bigger picture of building an intimate relationship with other people mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. learning about each other in that way, sharing ourselves, uh, our deepest uh, strengths and weaknesses and places that we want to grow and being vulnerable with one another uh, in a new and different way. That That's what spiritual intimacy is all about in these relationships. And of course, I mean, being spiritually intimate is most important in your marriage relationship. That's where we ought to be and where we ought to have the deepest intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lately, I guess what that looks like for us, well, I mean, I guess it, <laughs> it, 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 it's something that has changed based on our seasons in life that right. it looks very different now than it did when we were very young because right. we were mm-hmm immature and you were still kind of figuring things out. And, and, and then you go through that period where there's just little people all over all the place, over the place. <laughs> and finding time to have a uninterrupted single sentence is hard enough, you know? And yeah. um, so, you know, it does look very different in different seasons. Yeah. And now um, we have the luxury of having sometimes hours at a time to have yeah. really deep, intimate spiritual conversation. And so that obviously looks very different now than it did before. But I think the thing that has really most recently helped Matt and I is that I've always been an early riser. I, I just, I don't know, my body turns Mm -hmm. on ready to ready to wake up before the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I've frequently, I've always gotten up early. I, when the kids were little, I really needed at least 30 minutes of quiet time before little people started talking to me. Um, But now I still, you know, I still get up early, but Matt has very purposely started getting up early with me. And this has been going on now for a little over a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is just been phenomenal. That is our, we now start our morning together. 
Yeah. You know, some mornings that's very quiet. <laughs> it's both <laughs> of us just drinking a cup of coffee, not much words being shared. Um, yeah. But within that, what Matt and I have both been been dedicating ourselves to here lately is that before we check the news, before we check the social media feeds or any of that, we start our morning with reading God's words. And mm. I used to be kind of resistant to this because I felt like I needed time for my brain to turn on before I could mm. really start digesting God's words. So I would feel like if I start reading this right now, I'm not really going to get the depth of it that I should, but I've learned there's so much good to just letting his words be what starts my day. Even mm -hmm. if it's not time for deep study per se, it's just time for a quiet, soft beginning to my day. And so Matt and I are making the attempt that we read the same chapter. We read the same passage to start our day with. And then sometimes it's the same chapter every day of the week so yeah. that we yeah have time yeah. those, you know, that, that like Jen's saying that morning, sometimes your brain is slow to pick up. And so our, yeah. our local congregation has encouraged all of us to read the book of Luke and then, and then acts one chapter a week. Right. Yeah. So you're reading it over and over. And so then mm -hmm. your brain is picking up on those little details. And so mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes we share a sentence about that with right. one another. Uh -huh. And sometimes that conversation lasts for hours and throughout the whole week. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, then, then that we know that we've, we're sharing the same thing at the same time, but also then that spurs conversation in the moment, but also during the rest of the day, during mm -hmm. other times that we're not, you know, necessarily focused on Bible study per se, but that certainly prompts other discussions throughout the day that are, again, yeah. focused on kind of the same thing. So, you know, again, the, the key, I think for us has been to prioritize a time and, at least some general similar focus for each other so that we know that that's what each other is doing. So at least we have that intimate knowledge that we're each sharing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up the door for us to share the conversation, not only in that moment, but also throughout the rest of our day, throughout the rest of our weeks. Um, that, that's, that's what it looks like for us right now. Right. Ask yeah. us again in another year and maybe we'll It'll figure something different. else that works better or works in a different way, but that's kind of what yeah. it looks like for us. I always find um, it really helpful on programs that are, you know, maybe it's about discipleship or Bible study or prayer or whatever to hear people talk about what's going on in their season right now. But yeah. it's also great to hear that as somebody who has one little person and another little person on the way that uh, <laughs> it, it may not be the same as what you guys are doing and, yeah. but that's all right. But, you know, we, yes. my wife and I can have those conversations to you know, try to figure out and make those priorities to, to make that happen. Right. Right. And it's just, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to have two hours and the right. perfect workbook and the perfect plan. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just one chapter, find a moment in your day, read that and find time to just discuss a little bit, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. And sometimes the most benefit is, is knowing that you can train yourself to come back to that throughout the day. Mm -hmm. It's not always necessarily my best thought and meditation is not always in the moment that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. my, my best meditation is as I have kind of chewed on that for the whole day. And when I find myself coming back to those moments and then being able to share that. And again, the, the sharing is where the magic happens, so to speak. That's where yeah. you're building relationship and intimacy. I mean, you know, get, going back to the, this, the, the broader idea of spiritual intimacy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think 
at, at least even in the church and even in our relationship, we were very complacent about really even understanding what that is and, mm-hmm. and even fostering that because we thought that we, we went to church together with each other three times a week. And, yeah. but I think we, as uh, Christian married couples often miss the, the point that spiritual intimacy is so much more than just sharing a pew together. Right. Yeah. Just because I'm sitting beside my spouse during, while worship is happening doesn't mean I've shared anything with her other than just proximity. <laughs> so it's so much so important to build relationship that is geared toward and focused on sharing my spiritual uh, nature, sharing my soul with my spouse. Right. When within the work that Matt and I do with Intimate Covenant, we really talk about four realms of intimacy being, mm-hmm. you know, yes, there's physical intimacy, but there's also emotional intimacy, mental intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. And I really think spiritual intimacy is often the most neglected, the least understood within God's people. We don't really stop to consider what does it mean? You know, what is spiritual intimacy and what does it mean to share that with our, my spouse? How do I share my soul with sure. my spouse? And it's, I mean, it's no secret that mo- much of maybe most of the work that we do is centered around helping to foster the sexual relationship between uh, husband and wife. Some, another place that's really kind of poorly misunderstood maybe in within mm-hmm. the church, but what we have found not only in our own relationship, but even with the, within the relationships that, of couples that we talk to and interact with is that in many ways, it's so much more vulnerable and so much more difficult to share our souls with our spouse than it is to share our bodies mm-hmm. uh, and, and praying together and uh, bearing our weaknesses, bearing our, our sins, bearing our souls and our spiritual goals and our spiritual dreams. That is often so much more difficult than sharing our bodies or even having a conversation about sex in some cases. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where many of us struggle. Many of us overlook and many of us neglect that side of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, can, so can y'all talk about like how, how Bible study helps bring all four of those pieces of intimacy together? As you said, spiritual intimacy is, is the most neglected and in a way it's mm-hmm. the most important. So how does it, how does Bible study like help bring your whole marriage, every part of your marriage together? Yeah. Outstanding question. And I think, again, if you're looking for reasons to motivate yourself to um, more Bible study as a couple, um, I, I think, I think, I mean, just sim- plain and simple, it, it positively impacts every other realm of your relationship. Discussing spiritual matters will not only benefit you in your spiritual relationship with your spouse and with your creator, but that discussion will also foster your emotional relationship. It will also have a positive impact on your romantic relationship mm-hmm. and it, it will have an impact even positively on your sexual relationship yeah. uh, mm-hmm. because that your, all of your, all these realms of intimacy overlap with one another. They all enhance one another. Mm-hmm. When you're building, when you're sharing, when you're building something together, when you're strengthening and encouraging one another in a spiritual way, you can't help but then be drawing closer to your spouse in every other way, emotionally and uh, sexually. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, frankly, you know, this is how we keep Satan out of our marriages and out of our homes, Right. you know, is you have to fill that time with one another 
mm-hmm. focusing and building that foundation, you know, of God. And I think, you know, it really is, it's all about learning to share with one another, you know, every aspect of your marriage should be about connection with one another. Mm-hmm. Too often we get just lost in the mundane of life, you know, who's taking the dry cleaning and who's picking up the kids and what are we having for dinner? Um, (laughs) But you're missing the point. If your marriage is just about those mundane things, your marriage is meant for connection. Your marriage is meant to, to be a place where you can know and be known in every aspect by this person. I mean, the Mm -hmm. ideal marriage and Genesis two is described as being a marriage where they were naked and not ashamed. And that's so yeah. much deeper than just physical bodies. This is, mm-hmm. there is no separation. There is no shame. There is no barriers between the two of them. And while we won't achieve that, this side of heaven, that is our goal. And, and there's something so intimate about being loved by someone who knows you for who you really are. You know, I can share mm-hmm. myself with the world at large, but there's always going to be a part of myself that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. But this man, this man knows that, mm-hmm. you know, he knows who I really am. And to know that I am loved and chosen despite that, that's mm-hmm. true intimacy. And so, you know, when we talk about spiritual intimacy, we really are talking about sharing a spiritual standard and a foundation with one another. I mean, you have to start with that foundation, right? Mm-hmm. You you can't have that an intimate connection with someone when you're not even starting on the same level. And so you, you've got to be building that foundation together, you know, sharing spiritual conversations with one another. Yeah, you, This question, I think also speaks to like, what is the purpose of marriage to begin with? Mm-hmm. And, and if the purpose of marriage, at least as I read it, especially in Genesis one, when God is giving Adam and Eve their, their first purpose and goal, the, the purpose of marriage is to glorify God and to then glorify his image throughout the earth, to, to spread his, his image, spread his influence throughout the earth, fill the earth mm-hmm. with more image bearers. And so if I'm, I think it stands to reason that if I am intentionally attempting to accomplish that purpose in my marriage, then God will bless me in that. And that will also bless my marriage and all of those associated with my marriage. If I am living out that purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all of my daily images, all of my daily decisions rather should be filtered through this lens of, am I glorifying God and, and his image bearer that I am married to and am I spreading his glory into this fallen world around me? And so that if I'm keeping that as my focus, then that positively impacts all of the interactions that I have with my spouse. That yeah. also positively impacts the way that I treat others, including my kids. I can treat my kids mm-hmm. better because I am building myself up and I'm building my spouse up uh, in, a, in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. And we are together focused on glorifying God in, in everything that we do. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that has to impact all of the choices that we make in, in how we fill our time. And I, and I think another, I mean, again, the question, you know, how does engaging in Bible study positively impact our marriage? You know, every marriage has conflict. You, mm-hmm. You're two different people. You will always be two different people. And so if you don't have conflict, your marriage is dead. You know, the goal <laughs> is never 
just make all the conflict go, go away. The mm-hmm. goal is how do we take this conflict and, and learn more about one another through that conflict? How do I serve my spouse better through what I've learned because of this conflict? Mm-hmm. But when you're sharing a spiritual foundation, then you have mm-hmm. so much more of an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of those little conflicts that arise, you just have a framework now with which to view those. Well, and- right. You, you see those as, as part of a bigger purpose than just me and myself. And what, what am I getting out of this today? Looking at life through that eternal lens, seeing far off into eternity rather than just the 15 minutes in front of me helps put perspective on all those little things that are driving me nuts okay. uh, about my spouse and my kids and everybody else. Um, <laughs> but it also uh, moves my focus away from myself and it moves my focus towards my wife and I together approaching the difficulties in our relationship as one. Mm-hmm. When, if we both are focused every day or, and, and regularly with Bible study and getting to know God and learn God and share God together, um, that draws us closer together as a team. And then we can much better fulfill our purpose if we as a team are fighting against the evils that are around us instead of fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. We often get the mistake very quickly that everything that goes wrong in my life is my spouse's fault, or they somehow, if they could just do this better or that better, then our relationship would be better. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing it as we together need to overcome some of these conflicts and difficulties. And we're a team because we're both serving under the same master for the same purpose. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of benefits in our whole marriage. There's, it sounds like there's a lot of strong points to be made for considering spiritual intimacy and hopefully all married couples have at least a, this sounds good, but we probably all have encountered some type of hindrance or obstacle along the way. And one of those you mentioned was, you know, other parts of our schedule or, you know, Mm. as wonderful as children are, you know, children (laughs) can sometimes get in the way of something like this. But what are some obstacles that we might face? Uh, you know, if you maybe want to talk a little bit more about some, either of those or some other obstacles that might get in yeah. the way that will help us to be aware about having discussions or conversations about either trying to remove those or lessen those obstacles. Yeah. Well, like Matt was just saying, I think one of the huge obstacles is, is that, you know, we often see our spouse as the enemy. And so we're not, we're not, using one another as a team member, you know, mm-hmm. your spouse, isn't your enemy. They're your intimate ally. They are the, the person that God has given you to join together with and fight the battle against the true enemy. You yeah. know, the battle isn't within our marriage. It's without, right. and when you are married, you are given this beautiful opportunity to join with another you know, to have that intimate ally to help fight those battles. And so I think one of the biggest hindrances is that we don't have the right focus. We, we focus on, you know, the battles that's happening with inside our marriage. And that's exactly where Satan wants us. He Mm -hmm. wants us to be so overwhelmed and wrapped up in the day to day that we lose sight of what is happening at large and the eternal perspective that we're supposed to have. Yeah. And that manifests in so many different ways. I mean, Mm -hmm. hindrances um, can 
take the form of our kids, as you suggested, <laughs> um, our jobs, our recreation, our time, whatever it might be, th those distractions are only distractions when we prioritize them in the wrong place. Yeah. And I, I, one thing that's very easy for parents to do, um, because it, it almost is a natural reaction to some, to some extent is to over-focus on our job of raising children. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's important for married couples to, and tr I mean, we have four kids and I love our kids more than any parent has ever loved their kids. <laughs> <laughs> and how so old are they, by the way? They are, oh, we should make Matt answer this. 14 to 23. <laughs> <laughs> he, he <laughs> An age range. Out. 23, 20, 18, and 14. I could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we, we, and, and again, I, I love our kids and, and, and am endlessly devoted to our kids and, and giving them the best raising up that, that we can do. But we have tried to make an intentional effort, sometimes better than others, but um, we've tried to make an intentional effort of recognizing, intentionally recognizing that raising the kids is not the purpose of this marriage. Yeah. The purpose of this marriage is, is to build each other up. And if we can prioritize that, everything else falls into place. Um, right. and, and, you know, by building each other up, I mean, building each other up in a spiritual way, serving God, making sure that our focus and, and that we have priority and with, that we've placed priority on what our purpose is as a married couple uh, to, to praise God and to spread his influence in a fallen world. And that just all seems to fall in place most of the time in that we're able to even spread God's glory and influence in our own home among our children because we have not neglected our marriage, not in spite of neglect, not, not, mm -hmm. not by raising our kids by neglecting our marriage, mm -hmm. but right. we are able to raise better kids in a better way, in a better situation uh, and show them a better way by prioritizing our marriage and our covenant. Cause I'm not mm -hmm. covenantly bound to my kids. At some yeah. point, I hope they leave. <laughs> as painful right. as that is we're in the smack in the middle of them leaving stage and there's a yeah. lot of tears <laughs> but you know it's literally someone cutting off your arm it's pretty much what it feels like when your kids uh -huh. start walking out their door um but yeah you know that that if if our whole focus of our marriage has been the kids then when they leave you're left with nothing yeah you know and when i mean we've had the beautiful um, privilege of giving a daughter away in marriage mm -hmm. and, you know, to walk, to watch Matt, walk her down the aisle and know we haven't given ourselves away because there's something so deep and so wonderful within our marriage that from that we can share the joy and experience that joy yeah. of giving, giving yeah. her away. Right. At, at the end of the day, after you give your daughter away, you want to have someone to go back to. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and so what that looks like in daily life is, we set a time, you know, like we've done recently, we just talked about earlier is we, we've set aside time in our day to focus on each other and mm -hmm. the spiritual relationship that we have with each other, mm -hmm. regardless of what else, you know, needs to happen for that day. Certainly we could spend that hour in the morning doing other things that would help either provide more income or that would provide more entertainment or education for the kids, or we could have them involved in other activities. And uh, you know, there's definitely, you know, little league seasons that we have skipped because it just, <laughs> it put too much pressure on us in, yeah. um, and had negative impacts on our children. And, you know, my kid's not a professional base. My son's not a professional baseball player. 
Um, that's just too bad. Um, that was <laughs> never going to happen anyway, right? Yeah. So why why would I want to spend so much time and effort in some of those things that really ultimately are going to have very little impact on training them up as a uh, in, in a way that helps them proclaim the glory of God later in life? Amen. So I think you guys have really given us a lot to work toward in our own marriages. So can in you in a good way, in a good oh, way. Oh yes, good, that's good, right. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> can you give can you give some really practical advice and words of encouragement, motivation to to anyone who is not involved in spiritual intimacy with their spouse, maybe has neglected it, maybe has been involved with it at some point but has fallen back just how do we, how would someone get back into that or start? Well, first of all, I would say it is worth it. Yes. It is a hundred percent, 110, 100,000 times percent <laughs> worth it to engage in that, that level and that depth in your relationship. Right. It is the greatest gift that we have in this life to be known for who we really are and to still be loved for that. Mm -hmm. uh, deep down, that is exactly what you long for. That is what you are built for. We are built for intimate relationship, and it is the greatest gift that God's given us in this life to be known and still loved. And so that means that it's not just about Bible study. It's about mm -hmm. sharing our true selves with one another. What are your spiritual struggles? Where do you fall? Where can I meet you there and to be a helper to you? Yeah, but Bible study is not just about being able to win Bible trivia. <laughs> um, right. It's not just knowing the facts and the stories. And that's an important yeah. part of it. And that's how we start teaching our kids. And that's where our Bible knowledge has to start. But mm -hmm. where it really gets important and where it really becomes impactful and really changes your life mm -hmm. uh, is, is when you can build deep relationship uh, with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, like Matt is saying, I mean, just recognize how worth it it is and therefore make that a priority. Um, one of the things that we recommend to every married couple is to have what we call daily check-in. And that's 15 to 20 minutes of time where you set aside all the distractions, set aside the phones and the devices and everything else and spend 15 to 20 minutes every day, just connecting with one another. And believe us when we say this will change your marriage. This is how our marriage changed for the better mm -hmm. in such mm -hmm. profound and deep ways, because within that 15 to 20 minutes is the opportunity to really share in a much deeper way, not the facts of the day, but the feelings of the day. And within yeah. that spiritually, what did that mean? What, what, what did I learn spiritually today about myself? Where did I fail? Where did I see God today? Sharing within those 15 to 20 minutes of time, what I'm grateful for, you know, and, and you think that that, okay, I can list things that I'm grateful for, but man, when you're forced every single day, <laughs> when you're three or four weeks in, you, yeah. you've yeah. got to start yeah. being creative, but, yeah. but that forces you to, you spend really... your whole day thinking, I got to answer this question tonight. Right. What am I grateful for? <laughs> but, um, but that's a good exercise because yeah. we overlook and we take for granted so many things. And, and like we said, you know, and earlier, 
this will change everything about not just your marriage, but who you are as a person, you know, mm-hmm. that's the power of God's word. Yeah. And, and I know that this, the series you're doing is about Bible study, but the other important part of that 15 to 20 minutes is taking some time to pray together. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and those two I skills mean, definitely go you, together. Oh, right. I mean, yes, they have to, but um, because it's a conversation with God, mm-hmm. right? So right. he's speaking to us through the word and we have to speak then to him and, and share our hearts with him. But I'll tell you, I mean, praying together as a couple, especially when you make this a habit and it becomes uh, about much more deep things than just the, you know, thank you for the food. You know, it's such a, such a deeper conversation with God and with each other. Mm-hmm. Those moments of prayer together where you are pouring out your soul before God and before your spouse, mm-hmm. I mean, that is an experience that's much more intimate even than the sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bearing your soul with your spouse before God and to with each other is something that is extraordinarily moving. Uh, and it should be because that's ultimately who we are. And that's the part of us that is eternal. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys and all your thoughts about all of that today. We have just a couple of wrap up questions to, to ask you before we leave. Uh, our first one is one that we ask all of our guess we have on just kind of get their perspective of whatever this statement means to you. We love to hear different perspectives about it. If Brent Moody or Tony Mock or some other preacher <laughs> says something from a pulpit, like we, you know, this week you need to go deeper into your Bible study. You know, we might be thinking, well, what's deeper Bible study? What does that phrase mean to y'all? I love this phrase and I love listening to all the answers you get. Uh, it's <laughs> fascinating to me how many yeah. different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I hear deeper Bible study, I think I think the thought of if I read my Bible and walk away unchanged, I've just wasted my time. Mm-hmm. That every experience I have with my holy God And his words to me, his chosen words to me of all the things he could have told me, of all the Mm -hmm. things he could have revealed to me, what I just read is exactly what he wanted to reveal to me. And if that doesn't change me, then I'm missing it. I've missed it all. And so deeper Bible study to me is learning to read with the purpose of changing my life. And I think for those of us who may have grown up in the church, what a beautiful thing to know that my entire life, God has been proclaimed to me, Yeah. but I, that also is a place that breeds complacency. Right. And I might think I already know him <laughs> and yet I don't know him just like my spouse. There is always more to know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I need to read and study with the purpose of every single time. I want to know more about him and I want to walk away changed by the power of who he is. Yeah. I I often find myself reading, just checking off the, but yep, I knew that. Yep. I've read that before. Yep. Uh, And, and just simply confirming what I already know and confirming what I think I already believe about a text Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than reading with the purpose of trying to change my life in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, uh, we end each of our podcast with the phrase, keep striving and don't settle. And I think this phrase beautifully applies to our walk with God too, mm-hmm. that it is mm-hmm. about yeah. striving always within that word. Striving is the sense that it's not always easy. You know, yeah. it's not a walk in the park. <laughs> um, right. That's what heaven is for. 
walking mm. in Eden with him. <laughs> but on this side of heaven, it's a strife and, and it is a continual choosing some days really hard choosing to put one foot in front of the other. But the reason I do that is because I don't want to settle. I don't want to say good enough. I don't want to say good enough in my walk with, with God. And I don't want to say good enough in my walk with my husband, but it's always about continually working towards better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love all of that. Do y'all have a favorite couple in the Bible? Ooh, <laughs> oh, wow. I feel like the answer should be like the, the couple portrayed in Song of Solomon, Song of Songs. Like oh, uh-huh. I think everybody <laughs> would expect that of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a good couple to emulate, I think. Yeah, right. um, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I love the example of Aquila and Priscilla and oh, how mm-hmm. they they saw their place within the kingdom. Every mm-hmm. time they're mentioned, they're mentioned in a positive way. Working, they're mentioned together. And they're always mentioned together. Yeah. Um, working for the working for the kingdom, teaching and being um, just examples of faith and of of good study. Uh, yes, I, I I I agree with you, Jen. I think that's a uh, that's certainly a couple that we could all emulate and learn something from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, Matt, you're a a vet, or you work at a pet hospital, mm-hmm. isn't that right? I, I am a veterinarian. Yes. Okay. So our final question, you each have to answer uh, (laughs) with what animal would you describe each other as? Uh, Oh my goodness. Wow. That is not, I'm going to make you go first. That is not a question we have ever uh, been asked. (laughs) Jeff is good about coming up with questions like that. Well, I'll I'll give credit to my wife for this one. I was trying to think, you know, I don't know you all that well. I know you from your podcast, but uh, I was trying to think of something and she gave me that suggestion. So shout out to Becca for this idea. But yeah, now I'm going to have to tell Becca. Wow. That was a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's an animal that is spontaneous. You never quite know what to expect. You know, always just a little bit on edge and who knows what's going to happen. Like, you know, just a really <laughs> bouncy puppy dog. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not you though. That's not no, I'm saying that's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think on the contrary, I, I think uh, a lot of Jen's characteristics could be maybe summed up in it as a cat. That's <laughs> that's certainly a, yes. uh, a the opposites attract I'm, here, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. right. That's, yeah. that's an animal I'm very familiar with, and and yes, Jen is um, sleek and beautiful, and um, <laughs> and loves to just bathe in the sun, <laughs> and just yes, yeah. loves to loves to curl up in a quiet spot and read a book. Yes, um, and and Matt is that and, excited puppy dog that is just so happy you're home again <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good one. I, I think i think those descriptions fit that's a good one we're gonna have to steal that for our marriage class and have there you go answer that that's a good one that's right <laughs> well thanks so much guys for joining us matt and jim we really appreciate your your thoughts and your advice not just about bible study but how bible study can help us as couples draw closer to god thank you our thanks pleasure. for having us That's right. Y'all take care. God bless as well. God bless you. So Emerson, what was your one thing from our conversation with Matt and Jen today? 
The one thing that helped me the most was at the beginning, Jen was talking about how there's a lot of vulnerability in Bible study with your spouse. And that's one thing that makes it hard, but I think that's also a good thing. And we talked about that with them. To quote Jen, not verbatim, but I think this is what she said, that Bible study with your spouse is like bearing your soul before them. And that helps us to remember that's who we are before God as well. I mean, there's no one that knows us better than God, and there's no one on earth that knows us better than our spouse. So just embracing that and being being willing to accept that, you know, and that that is something that can help us draw closer to God. What about you? What was your one thing? It's kind of their big picture idea of spiritual intimacy is something that's been really helpful for me to just think about and consider how Bible study is going to play a part into that, but really that is going to fill in with other things like, you know, worship we do together, so much more than just sitting by our spouse in a pew like they talked about, but including prayer and including those things and just cultivating that as that's going to play such an important part in our marriage health. I think that's a good connection and something that's been real helpful for me to think about that. So you, our listeners, what was your one thing that you got from this? We typically end our interview episodes with the challenge for you to think about what was your one thing that was most helpful for you. If you are married, what is one thing that you are going to do better in your marriage as you draw closer to God and as you help your spouse draw closer to God? Thank you for listening to Working With The Word today. Our next episode will release on December 7th as we'll talk with Eddie and Hannah Jinks about Bible study with our families, considering particularly what we as parents can do to help teach the story of God to our children. We're looking forward to releasing that conversation with them. We know it will be a very encouraging message for you. As always, if you have things you would like for us to consider or talk about in future episodes of Working With The Word, you can reach out to us on Facebook at Working With The Word, on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity.